With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody oh, <laughs> wants to get out and practice in the light of morning. Oh. We even have a theme song. I don't know how this idea came to me. It was like out of the heavens. An idea. You know, training camp comes every year with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And we don't do anything. We don't honor anybody. We don't say anything. Uh, what's, you know, who's surprising us, right? Who's surprising the us? The standout of camp. Who is the standout of camp unexpectedly? I can't believe. How has nobody done this? I don't know. 58 years. 58 years of, of Vikings training camp. And nobody's come up with it. But now that they've moved to a new home, I think it's time to finally honor somebody well a new home means fresh ideas uh, yeah absolutely uh egan's every man oh i love that Egan's every man it's got alliteration Uh, this is a person we don't want it to be a you know somebody off the uh practice squad undrafted later draft choice someone you know, back in the day when Adam Thielen made the team, would yeah. have been a perfect choice. You know, and we can't have, have done anything like a first-round pick. That can't qualify. No, no, no. no. Well, we need somebody. Yeah. In some cases, maybe it can if the guy's been a complete failure. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> and, and now, this, these are people we expect to rise up in training camp and impress us all and, and do something in exhibition games. Like a Marcus right? Sherrill's years ago. Yes. There's a guy that, that would have fit the description good. of Egan's everyman. You know what? I came up, I don't know how you guys are doing it, but I came up with a list of seven candidates for the first ever Egan's everyman. Oh, I love this. I like We're it. honoring, yes. we even got a tune. Let's play a little more of the song. Make it on your own. Oh, make my goodness. Perfect. Egan's every it's man. perfect. Egan's every man has to make it on his own. That's right. Every man. All right. I think the favorite, everybody's favorite, is the undrafted free agent uh, who's put his, uh, his rowdy pass behind him. Uh, I wouldn't call it a criminal pass, but a, but a questionable pass. He's kicked off the team. Holton Hill. Yes. Holton Hill, uh, the Vikings... Fortunate to bring him in. I don't think it'll be a big surprise if he makes the team. But if he lights it up in training camp, he qualifies He's as the leading favorite. Egan's everyman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know uh, Coach Zimmer like, loves those defensive backs. Yes, he does. Now, I got to go with this guy. Out of Concordia. Played two fan out, out of Moorhead State. Excuse me. No, Concordia. Right? Brandon Zilster. 
Brandon Zeltz. Oh, sure. Brandon Zeltz. Yeah. I'm confused now. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to eat a cow about him, but I'm old. <laughs> uh, Brandon Zilstra. Concordia, right? Concordia, Concordia Moorhead. Concordia Moorhead. Also yes. played for the played Edmonton two, Eskimos. Had two great years with the Edmonton Eskimos, but he comes down here as a free agent. He's not the only one. Kind of in that Adam Thielen mold yes, almost. Yes, Brian. You know what? I think the uh, Egan's everyman... The white receivers are kind oh, of like... Oh, they're a, a hot, they're yeah, they're a be, hot commodity. The white receivers. Mm-hmm. I've always said if I was a coach, I'd never have a white receiver, but that's... Uh, Isaac Fritty could have been a possible... Isaac, yes, yes. But we got another one, Jake Weineke, the guy from South Dakota State. That's right, right, yeah. He's another one, so that's another one. And then, you know what? Look out for this guard. Josh Andrews. Ooh. Everybody's worried about it. I think he went fourth, fifth rounder, Manny? George, Josh Andrews. I think so. Yeah, he's this guard. Everybody's worried about the offensive line position. He is my guy. And uh, then the tight end. They need a tight end. Tyler Conklin. Oh, yeah. We got yes. Tyler Conklin. Keep an eye on him. Tyler Conklin. He's a later on draft choice, too. Fourth, fifth rounder. Something like that. And, of course, this is guy's probably the favorite. The guy we're going to be talking about most, most in training camp and exhibition games Kyle Slaughter. Oh, yeah. We love Kyle Slaughter. <laughs> yes. Now, he gained a little attention last year, but he didn't get much chance. But Kyle Slaughter, I can see a movement. And in fact, do you know who loves arising. Kyle Slaughter the most, boys? Randy from Cottage Randy Grove. From really? He is a big right, Kyle right. Slaughter fan. Should, you know what? We should get Aunt, Aunt Randy from Cottage Grove to support. To sing. Yes. Egan's to sing. Every, I love it. Yes, Egan's he needs to sing. Man. I love it. Egan's every man. Egan's every man. And I wonder if we should create an, a separate award for Kyle Slaughter, the McLeod Bethel Thompson Award <laughs> yes. for yes. Kyle Slaughter, oh, if he just, does not win Egan's just, every man. We just call it MBT. The MBT yeah. division. There we go. MBT. Yeah, there we go. I like it. And this one might be a little controversial, but a guy I think is going to step out, out of nowhere Laquan Treadwell. I Ooh. think Laquan Treadwell. Well, what? Wait a minute. Be, Don't we have to have... Uh, because he's been on the team for three out, years. But he comes out of nowhere. Okay. He comes out of nowhere. He wasn't actually on the team that first year. That's they, true. They, they, they had one catch. Somebody wore his uniform, but it, it, it couldn't have been him. <laughs> had to be somebody else. So I got Laquan... I made him eligible. Okay. As the chairman of the... You are. Egan's you Every are. Man yes. contest. Yes. Not, not that you guys aren't going to be heavily consulted. We'll provide with input, the but, but it comes down to your thoughts, yes. And you're invited as we go through this first weekend to uh, <laughs> add other candidates for now, the novel approach of the Egan's Everyman. This is groundbreaking. I can't yes, believe is. nobody a, has ever where, come up with a concept is, uh, like this, ever. Well, complete with music. Now, what a deal. I need to ask the chairman a question. Yes. Because there are certain. Uh, factors into how a guy or a player qualifies for this prestigious award, but I have a, a question because normally it's going to be the guy that makes a play on special teams or has a, a big fourth quarter against uh, Seattle in a meaningless yeah, preseason right. game. But what if it's fifth round pick kicker Daniel Carlson? Would he no, be a because I think there's too much. Att- I think he's the favorite. Okay, that's that's favorite, okay. That's right? why you're in charge. And you got to never forget this one. I, Dick Cullum, the old, old sports writer of the Minneapolis uh, Tribune back in the day, mm-hmm. he had the great tomato contest at Met Stadium every year with all kinds of twins, employees, and everyone. And he would judge the tomatoes on seven categories. 
and the seventh category. The sixth category was bribery. The seventh category was judge's whim. Right. We got a lot of judge's whim in this one. Yes. Uh, judge's whim. But anyway, we're kicking it off today. Uh, send in. Uh, how do you how do you contact? How about uh, through the show page online show page. at fifteen hundred ESPN dot com? Any other candidates for? Egan's Everyman, a very novel approach to honoring somebody for their performance, for their unexpected performance in training camp. Truly groundbreaking. All right. We're, uh, we're very excited about this. Ben Grieve having a hell of a summer on the local golf scene will be with us when we get back. Ben Grieve has had a very uh, busy summer on the uh, Minnesota golf circuit, mostly the Minnesota golf circuit, and has now qualified for the U.S. Amateur. Hey, free rounds at Pebble Beach. There's nothing wrong with that, sir. Hey, Pat, no, nothing wrong with that at all. It should be pretty fun. Uh, have you played it? You've played it somewhere along the line, right, Pebble Beach? I have not. I've been really? out there a few times, but I have not played. Uh, I haven't played any of the courses in Monterey, no. Uh, now, is the USAM all at Pebble Beach, or do they play other courses, too? Yeah, it's Pebble Beach and Spyglass. Woo! They play one round at each, and then the match play is all at uh, Pebble Beach. Uh, my observation, having uh, dang near killed myself at both those places, is Spyglass <laughs> is tougher than Pebble Beach if the that's wind's not blowing. That's what I've been told, yeah. It's, you know, Pebble Beach is great and scenic and has the history of its spyglass is a tougher uh tougher golf course uh, is what i've been told what are the dates for the usm it's coming up it's august it's the week of august 13th uh, uh, and uh what what you play down to 328 players is it is it I that think that that sounds right and you play down that. to 64 and then you play match play right yep yep exactly hey ben when did you get your amateur standing back sir uh i think it was 2013 Okay, and uh, that how long a process is that? It took me two years. Two years is the mat, the max it can be. It's kind of a, some formula based on how long you played and how much money you made. And I didn't make that much money, so it, <laughs> it can't be that hard to get the max. But uh, I think it might be a year now for some people. I'm not sure. All right, and uh, 2002, you were on the Gopher team that won the national championship and uh, got out of the U in 2004? Yep. 2005. 2005. 2005. Yep. 2005. And uh, what, well, you, you tried the Hooters, the Canadian. Where else did you play? Yeah, I played mostly Canadian, played Hooters. There was something called the U.S. Pro Golf Tour at the time, uh, the Grey Goose Tour in Arizona, all over the place, <laughs> wherever, it would, wherever it would take me. Where did you think you're, uh, where did you think you might be approaching a breakthrough or did you uh, never really feel like uh, you were right on the edge there? I think my, like my second and third year mm-hmm. were my best. I was playing well and I was, uh, probably still a little naive and think I could, you know, compete with those guys, which sometimes that's what you need in golf. But my last few years playing, I, I kind of knew writing was on the wall and I was kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do and. I'll tell you, it's a lot more fun just playing amateur golf and working for a living than trying to trying to make it on the mini tours. It's a uh, amazing the number of uh, great golfers. What uh, what do you find to be the difference out there between a guy with your game and uh, and somebody who actually uh, you know gets his card? Well, I think like, you know the top guys they just have that skill. You know they can hit shots we can't, and it makes a different noise when they hit it than we do. But kind of maybe the the bottom end of the tour guys, 
that kind of bounce back every year. I think it's consistency. Uh, Kevin Streelman's a really close friend. Uh, now he's he's more talented than I am out there, but uh, he played mini tours for a long time. He, you know, I can compete with him for a round, maybe a week, but over a month, over three months, six months, a year, five years, he's gonna by far uh, beat me. Just their consistency is is unbelievable. Hey Ben, it's an amazing game though. I was talking about this the other day. Uh, like all of a sudden, Molinari, who is a good player, is the best player in the world for uh, two months, and. Uh, guys, just I mean the hot periods is for most you know there's the there's the fifty great ones, but for most players they got to make hay when they're when they got that year and a half hot streak right, and then they might disappear. It's incredible. Yeah, it's it's there's so much between uh, playing well and having confidence and believing in yourself. So when you have that all going together, which is very rare, you have to. You know, make the best of it, and if you're not, like you said, one of the top players of all time, you only get so many chances at winning a major or you know making the tour or whatever level it would be. When you uh, when you go to work, what's your job these days? Uh, I'm a partner at an insurance brokerage, insurance oh. agency. All right, you you have to do some of your uh, work on the phone. I take it, huh? <laughs> I do a fair amount of the phone. You know. <laughs> Uh, in Minnesota, all our tournaments are yes. jammed in a little stretch. I mean, I just played eight tournament rounds in eight days. <laughs> so it's it's work most of the time, and then you get that small stretch, and you just hope you're playing well at the right time. Very loony. I don't know. Do they still do it? Do they still play the state am and the state amateur basically in the same week? They did that yeah. for years. It's yeah. uh, very strange. So, it's still Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, amateur, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday open. If you could talk them into changing that, that'd be awesome. <laughs> what uh, what's uh, you know you, you, this U.S. amateur? You finished uh, second in the state open. What uh, what what you one of is this your one of your best peri- periods as an amateur? The way you're hitting it, yeah, it's yeah, it's been as I've gotten a little older, it's been a little bit better. I haven't you know outside of the qualifier yesterday. I didn't win anything this year, but I had a bad last day at the AM. I finished tenth, but I had a a good opportunity to win there. The state am or the the state open this year. I, I didn't play great the first two days, so I was a little ways back from Andrew, who's a really good player. But my consistency, I took second to Sammy Schmitz in our match play. Yeah, so I've, I've played well in every event. Um, yesterday is the best I've played of the year. I played similar to how I did in the state open last year, except I tried to to choke it away down the stretch. I was five over in my last five holes yesterday. But other than that, I played uh, really well. So I'd say, yeah, I'm, I'm playing pretty consistently well. Uh, you are married to Lindsay Whalen, of course. Uh, when uh, when did that take place? 08? You tested me. That was those, uh, it's been 10 years. Okay. So, yeah. 08. 08. Yeah. I, that's a pretty good guess. And uh, for a while, when she was playing at Connecticut, you were working as a club pro. Did you decide that was not going to be uh, your occupation? I uh, worked as a club pro for one year, and yes, I, I like playing golf too much, and as a club pro, they don't get to play that much, and you want to get away from work off the time, so that wasn't for me, but I was at a great place for a year out in Connecticut, um, but most of the time when when she was out there, I was still playing mini tours, and, and it worked pretty well for being able to take my off weeks wherever she was at. Uh, and uh, went and took a few international stays with her when she was playing overseas, too. Uh, I would imagine not a lot of uh, family golf this year between you playing and Lindsay having two jobs. No, it's been uh, extremely busy. Uh, I haven't seen her a whole lot this summer. We've been running different directions, but 
she's a good player when she gets out there and at some point when she's uh maybe doing one job she'll probably have some time to, to get out there a little bit more what's your club where do you guys play uh you know we were at minneapolis golf club for eight years we just moved out to olympic hills uh oh, really? last okay. fall. a little closer to home huh it's a little further but we just they have some good things going on out there and we uh we, we really like it out there did uh lindsey uh know anything about golf before you got together yeah, she did. Her grandpa and dad play, and uh, I think she took lessons when she was younger. So she uh, she's good. Plus, she's a good tennis player, and that usually translates fairly well to golf as well. And uh, how is she handling recruiting? Yeah, I think from what I see, it's, it's going well. She enjoys it. I think it's fun, uh, you know, talking to the to the younger kids and the good players. So I think it's going well. So when the young lady came home and said, I think I got a chance to do this, did you say, really? <laughs> <What's your> t- <laughs> it happened very quickly. Uh, uh-huh. So it all happened, wasn't 100% on our radar, at least at this time. So, um, no, I was, you got you to gotta go for an opportunity like that, you know, in your home state, your alma mater. So it was, it was exciting, it was a very exciting opportunity for her. You were at the U same uh, same time, but also uh, you're from Annandale, and uh, she's from Hutch, so that's not too far apart either. Did you uh, uh, your your folks uh, taught and coached there? Uh, was your dad your coach up there? Yeah, my dad coached. Uh, he was my golf coach, and he coached basketball after I was gone. Um, and my mom coached volleyball and track. So yeah, a lot of sports. Um, I actually watched them play in high school. I have family from from Hutch, and our women's basketball team was. Uh, pretty good as well. So when they would go play Hutch, you know, we always went to watch because everyone talked about this this uh, girl from Hutch that was so good. So I remember <laughs> watching her as like a sophomore in high school. So uh, Ben, what's uh, once the USAM's over, uh, you wind her down for the summer then, or what? Yeah, that's probably about it. They moved our the golf champions is probably the other good Minnesota tournament, uh, bigger one that's left for the year. Um, they moved that to the fall this year. Where are they playing at? Uh, it is at Golden Valley this year. Ooh, that's, uh, that's my neighborhood golf course. That's a heck of a golf course. It is yeah. amazing. It is amazing how many good places there are to play around here. Huh? There is. It's, it's unbelievable. It's a, you know, for as short a season we have, it's a great, uh, great place for good golf. That's for sure. Will you, uh, will you try to, uh, get in the Monday qualifying just for giggles for the first, uh, 3M <laughs> Open out here yeah. at, uh, at, uh, uh, TPC Twin Cities next summer? Someone asked me that. You know, it's not a bad idea. It'd be, it'd be fun. We'll see. I've done a lot of those before. It's difficult, but you don't have to travel anywhere. So I'm guessing there'll be a lot of local guys trying to, trying to do that, but that, that'd be a lot of fun. Well, the only problem would be if you made the cut, then you'd get the itch again to uh, get out there and chase it around. So I think I got it all out of my head. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good with where I'm at with, with golf. <laughs> well, uh, good luck at Pebble Beach, sir, and uh, that'll be fun for you. Thank you. I appreciate it, Pat. All right, Ben. Uh, thank right. you. Ben Grieve, uh, one of the best uh, local golfers there is. Uh, married to Lindsey Whelan, who uh, I think has got, uh, probably got her... Uh, her schedule fairly well filled this uh, summer, huh? As uh, she's got Roisland and uh, her other assistants out there running around doing recruiting for her too. So, anyway, Kelly Roisland, by the way, hell of a golfer too. Really? Yeah, oh. She was a state runner-up or something like that. Those people that are good at everything, but doesn't that bother you? God, <laughs> it's funny. Basketball players traditionally are not real good sticks. You know, it's, it's hockey, the hockey, hockey players, players yep. but uh, yeah. In this case, of course, one of my favorite. Whalen stories is that 
she's a fourth grader and she's a hockey player and her their the local fourth grade team has only four players, so one of her best buddies ends up talking her into going along with them to mm-hmm. play basketball and she was the best player on the court as a fourth grader and it all went from there. But Ben Grieve, really nice guy and a really good stick. And uh if you look through the list of tournaments this Summer, he either won them or damn near won them. <laughs> he's had a he's had a really good uh, summer. Played on that Gopher 2002 national championship team. We'll be back. Yeah, John, I don't know anybody that doesn't have John and I are fighting, I just, Pat. I We're fighting either. again. I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it. What's, what, what's this? He's still making fun of me because I don't have an internet connection at my house. <laughs> was it 84% of, right here? Uh, 84% of Americans right here, do American yeah. households. I'm a phone. And he's, he's saying, <laughs> no, no, it's very common not to have a, a connection. Either. Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, everything, boom. If you gave up <sighs> beer, you could have a whole room <laughs> devoted to the yeah. internet. That's, That's why I'm point. not going to have internet. I ain't giving up beer. All right, Johnny, what do you got? (laughs) This uh, update sponsored by Shell. Get triple action protection for optimal engine performance with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Twins Blue Jays again tonight in Toronto. Jose Barrios makes his first start since the All-Star game for the Twins. Lefty Ryan Baruki. Goes for Toronto. You know how awful... Is he an opener or is he a real starter? Uh, he's only 0-1, I think, if I remember. He might be right. an opener. So he might be, uh, yeah. One of the guys that pitches the first two innings. Alberto Mejia was so laborious in his effort. I oh, missed my guy God. throwing last night. I couldn't take it anymore. Ah, but he got him out. So Yeah. <laughs> Your twins line up the to... 22nd f- clock's going to be an issue for him. Though. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh The lineup to face Ryan Baruki goes Maurer, Rosario, Dozier, Escobar, Grossman... Kepler, Motter, Polanco, and Wilson. Get a haircut. Are you still uh, done with them, by the way? Yeah, yes. Okay. At this okay. moment, I am. As long as they got Taylor Motter in the lineup, I'm done with them. <laughs> four games will act as a warm-up to the 2019 Final Four with the first U.S. Bank Stadium Basketball Classic being announced today. The feature game will be the Gophers versus Oklahoma State, 8.30 p.m. on November 30th. Before that game, Big Ten versus Big 12 matchup is St. Thomas versus Wisconsin River Falls at 6 p.m. Way to go, Tommies. It was supposed to be a big-time doubleheader, Clemson and Memphis, but something happened. I think Tubby getting fired in part of it. Uh, North Dakota State will play Drake before that, and South Dakota State versus Northern Iowa will be played different on December, day. December 1st. Yeah, okay. One day later. Why don't they have uh, Drake? Drake's playing who? North Dakota State, NDSU. Okay. Why don't they have that one on uh, the same day as the Gophers? Are they going to do the Drake Challenge at that game like you were talking about last hour? <laughs> I don't think so. That's oh, a different deal. That's a different deal, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Lynx with one more game before the All-Star game. They'll play it tonight. The New York Liberty in town for a game at the Target Center. That venue is also the home, uh, the Target Center, to this year's All-Star game for the WNBA, mm-hmm. which will be played Saturday afternoon. Saturday on an afternoon. What a goofy time. Do they have skills competition and stuff like that on Friday night, or is it a I one day? I think they have a three-point contest, contest because I think I saw it on social media that uh, Renee Montgomery, the former member of the Lynx, oh. who's now playing for Atlanta, huh. I think she's going to be in the three-point mm-hmm. shootout. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Former Timberwolves news, Kevin Love. Says he's very excited and humbled 
after signing a long-term yeah. extension with the Cavs today. Good for him. Why not? Take yeah. the money. League sources telling ESPN the four-year, $120 million extension tops out. His overall deal at five years, $145 million. You know, for as much complaining as he did about David Kahn not giving him that extra year, he's done pretty dang good. <laughs> well, the other thing is, we all said, well, he's going to go to Cleveland and hang around there one year and go to the Lakers. Lakers. Can't yeah. wait to get yeah. to the Lakers. He's the most loyal guy in sports. And, and you watch his numbers. He's going to be putting up. A, it's going to be looking a lot like those Wolves teams where he's scoring twenty eight and mm-hmm. getting yeah. fifteen rebounds, and they're going to win about thirty two games. <laughs> the new extension kicks in after he earns twenty four point one mil next season. He'll get his max salary in twenty nineteen twenty twenty eight point nine million. Uh, then twenty twenty one and twenty uh, twenty and twenty one, he'll get thirty one point three. Well, good for him. Yeah, very good for him. Got some money. Mm-hmm. Some of us were a little down on him early on. Oh, really? Might, might Who was that? Who would that might be? have yeah. turned out to be a little premature. All righty. Thank you, John. You bet. Bruce Grant died today at age 57. Uh, he had uh, brain cancer. The, the word had been out on that for a while. Uh, and uh, Bruce was a... Uh, one of Bud's six children, obviously, but also a great quarterback at uh, Minnesota Duluth in the early 80s, a record-breaking passer up there. And his uh, center was Mike Peacott, a Robbinsdale Cooper guy. And uh, Mike is with us. Uh, This is uh, some sad news for you old Bulldogs, but uh, did you all get a chance to say goodbye to Bruce? Yeah, a lot of us us did in the... uh you know, we knew it was coming for a long time because it just wasn't one of those cancers that you that you beat. But uh, everyone was so amazed at how brave and courageous and never, Bruce never got down. He just kept looking forward. So very, very cool. Uh, you guys have both had the chance to play for the great Jim Miloski, the the most legendary of all UMD coaches, and also a teammate of Bud Grant's in the 1949 Gophers, who were the team that was going to go to the Rose Bowl and uh, win the national championship and all those good things. Uh, and you were telling me that uh, one of the highlights of any reunion with Bruce was to hear a few Miloski stories. Bruce Patrick had a great sense of humor, and he was just a tremendous storyteller and he could poke fun at himself. And I think for the football fans out there, the thing about Bruce that was very noticeable was he was really a hard-nosed runner. You know, he wasn't Robert Smith stepping out of bounds. He would try to hit the last guy. And uh, we kind of always respected that. But there was uh, but he was, wasn't he yeah. more well-known for his throwing than his running? Well, it's such a different game now. You know, yeah, right. maybe 15 passes a game. Okay, yeah, that's right. Miloski was not an air-it-out guy. He liked to yeah. run it down their throats. That's right. Let's see how tough they are. So, well, um, uh, Tell me about the one where he came over. It was some of those trips to the sidelines where he didn't exactly get support from Coach Miloski. Uh, Bruce told this story so well, but he talks about a timeout before the whole team used to come over. It was just the quarterback that would go over. And Bruce went over, and Coach Molaski grabbed him by the shoulder pads and said, Bruce, what do you want me to call? You can't throw the ball. The linemen can't block. The running backs are terrible. Our receivers can't catch. And so then Bruce offered, well, we could try. And before he got another word out, 
shut the hell up. Here's what we're going <laughs> to <laughs> And he also, and, was, and, and yeah, then I also saw this from his daughter on something she'd written in 2014 at, uh, for a homecoming situation where he said, Bruce, Bruce. I got one question for you. Why are you so horse bleep? Horse bleep. Bruce <laughs> loved that story. He absolutely loved it. <laughs> you uh, know, when we talked earlier, Pat, I, I thought of one other one I thought you would like. When Bruce was a high school kid, um, before he went up to UMD, and because of the families knowing each other from the Gophers days, uh, Molaski, or Bruce's mom said, hey, Coach Molaski's on the phone. This is in July or something. Yeah. He wants to talk to you. So Bruce, being 17 years old or whatever he was, he's kind of scared. And he goes on the phone and he gives a sheepish hello. And Malaski said, so I understand you think you're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce said he almost fainted. <laughs> uh, UMD, though, uh, Malaski was, uh, you know, he was... Did, did you probably got to know Bud a little bit because Bud, you you reminded me in '82, which was one of your big seasons up there, was during the Viking strike. So he actually got to Bud actually got to get away from the hunting and come up and watch some games. Bud was up there. I remember, yeah, specifically a few of the games. Absolutely during that uh, the NFL strike shortened season. But uh, yeah, and you know, Bruce was just uh, he was really a good athlete. You know, you just. Um, I don't know. He was the whole package. How did he handle the fame of being Bud's kid? Well, one time we were talking, and he said, uh, you know, he, he goes, Mike, what would your dad do? I go, well, my dad was a mailman. And he goes, well, you know, my dad's Bud Grant. It's a little different growing up being <laughs> Bud's kid yeah. than uh, growing up being a mailman's kid, you know. They expect so. you to be the uh, they expect you to be the stoic of uh, your Bud's kid. But uh, you guys uh, have uh, the 80 team, I see, is which uh, you guys, or were you both backups on the 1980 team, the unbeaten one? Correct, yes. Uh, yeah. You guys then go to their, re- they've had some reunions. I saw they just had a 25-year one. Uh, does that, uh, do you feel like you're part of that operation or not? Boy, somebody said when we went up for a, a reunion, they said this would be like when you guys were playing in 1980, if the 1944 team came back. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, they weren't all that well. Now, by 1980, you had moved uh, to the, uh, the, the, med, the conference with Mankato. You were out of the MIC by then, right? Yes. Okay. Yep, it was, I think the NIC. Yeah, the, the NIC. The NIC yeah. was then. Uh, what, uh, yeah. what, what? You got a couple of Bruce stories about uh, performance, well, about when he lit a couple of, when he had a couple of his great games? Oh, you know, he had a lot of them. And uh, we ran the ball so much, and Coach Malosky loved to run sweeps to his side of the field so he could watch where guys were screwing up together. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, one time, I, I told you this one earlier, but I was pretty good on it. Bruce was calling an audible on a line of scrimmage. And as he's yelling out, the, changing the play, we hear from the sidelines Coach Malosky yelling, it will never work. <laughs> and I might, I might be embellishing this a little bit, Pat, but I swear to God, I thought I thought, I felt Bruce shake a little in laughter when he heard that. <laughs> so Bruce called the audible, and the coach reassured him by saying it'll never work. <laughs> and then he... He had another one, and this just shows you how Bruce could laugh himself. He threw a bad pass in practice, 
and Coach Molaski screamed, our savior, J.C., himself could not have caught that pass. It was that bad. And Bruce was so dejected, and he was down on one knee, and I went over to him and I said, Bruce, I know you're kind of down, but that was really funny. <laughs> and he looked up at me with a big smile and goes, yeah, that's a pretty good line. Uh, so uh, you had to have a few frosty games up there on top of the hill, uh, freezing, dang near freezing to death. Uh, what, uh, do you remember any of those where you beat somebody when it was 10 below zero? We played uh, Minnesota Morris when Bruce and I were seniors, and it was a driving rainstorm at about 33 degrees. And it was really cold because we were soaked. But at halftime, we went in and put on our practice pants and, you know, our practice shoes and threw the jerseys in the dryer and stuff. But I don't know how many touchdown passes Bruce had that game, but uh, I think it was in the 50s to nothing we beat him. Of course. And, this... oh, and he also, um, Pat, our last game, we played in the Dome back when the Dome was oh, a big yeah. deal. It was only two years old. And, uh, I think we beat St. John's 38-7, to and Bruce might have had five, four or five touchdown passes that game. So, wow. Saint, you were you were playing St. John's? Uh, that's a, that's right. I want, but that wasn't the MI. I wonder how you ended up playing them. Just a they special attraction. Yeah, they had the NIC oh, teams playing the NIC MIC team. Teams. Uh, okay, yeah. all righty. Well, yeah. that's good. Well, uh, there, uh, the Bruce will have a memorial service here, I'm sure, and uh, there will be I some stories. on Monday. Yeah, on Monday, and there will be some stories told, I'm sure. I bet you're right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, go Bulldogs. Hey, uh, how about that Bulldogs uh, hockey team coming out of nowhere to win the national championship? That has to be fun, huh? Oh, that is just terrific. And one of the standouts on the 80 team, his son was uh, got a goal in each of the two final four games. Oh, uh, really? Who's yeah. that? So it's, uh, Mike Thomas was the, the dad's name. Um Nicknamed Bearhead Pat. Great okay. <laughs> yeah, he his helmet was so tight on his head. You know, he was just <laughs> was he obviously a lineman, huh? Yeah, he was a tackle, big man. Okay. Yep. All right. Hey, uh, thanks, Mike, and uh, sympathies to everyone in the Grant family. But uh, I'm sure there's, uh, you know, if you played football together, you're friends for life. That's uh, that's the way I see it. He touched me in some places that other people haven't, that's for sure. <laughs> you were the center. Okay, Mike, <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you, you, sir. Man. All right, Mike Picot yep. uh, okay. was the center for uh, Bruce Grant when he was the quarterback at UMD. And uh, you guys, you know, Molaski was, they were in the MIC for years, uh, UMD, yep. before they threw him out because they weren't Catholic or Lutheran or something. But... Gallardi's number one rival, maybe back, rival back then, was UMD with Molaski. Mm. Molaski was this great Iron Range character who ended up played with the Gophers and ended up at UMD forever. Yeah, he just passed away in 2011, something like that. But uh, mm. he was a great uh, coach, and Bruce Grant was one of his great quarterbacks. And years later for UMD, Ricky Fritz, uh, Bud's grandson, was mm -hmm. a very good quarterback up there too. We'll be back. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? Finally, the last thing I'll say for the people that don't believe in cycling, the, the, uh, the cynics and the skeptics, I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry you can't dream big, and I'm sorry you don't believe in miracles. 
But this is one hell of a race. This is a great sporting event, and you should stand around and believe. You should believe in these athletes, and you should believe in these people. And uh, I'm a fan of the Tour de France for as long as I live, and there are no secrets. This is a hard sporting event, and hard work wins it. So, um, vive la Tour forever. Thank you. Ah, the curse was Lance. Is that after his last one? 2005? That was after 2005. 2005, right here, yeah. seven in a row. What a man. What a fraud. What a man. 1995 yes. to 2005. I'll say this. We had a lot more interest in the Tour de France when he was cheating. Though, That's right. Yeah, that is we true. Did. But it is amazing that uh, when you go... I, I mean, Raphael Palmero had the little point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That, hey, I didn't use them. And we had other guys that, but we had nobody who made speeches about the hypocrisy of everyone who thought, or the cynicism of yeah. everyone who thought that they he could possibly be cheating. And that documentary on him, well, there's been several of them, but the one is, what, what a, I mean, he tried to ruin lives to keep people have, from telling the truth. Have they made a th- 30 for 30 on him. Well, there's uh, there's a great documentary. I don't think it's a 30 for 30, but it's uh Netflix or somebody. There's mm-hmm. a there's a 2-hour one where uh he, you know, the people that ratted him out how he tried to ruin their lives God. and uh what a, what a I met fraud. him once uh at the Olympics. I went to a press conference. Which Olympics? I don't know. Sydney maybe. 2000? 2000. I hated him. I mean, just from that press conference, he was just a And that was conde- before, that really, was before all the stuff popped, even yeah. started to come but up, But he right? was a condescending jackass. He mm. was just, I mean, he was, he was... He, he did have that so, hint of arrogance. So the, the fixer, time. the fixer could see the oh, yeah, fraudulent Lance Armstrong before the anybody fixer. else could. And a fixer can fixer everything. The fixer even came up with something to put more interest in the training camp. That's right. The Egan's Everyman. It's about time somebody <laughs> thought of this to, to honor somebody below the radar in training camp. I think it's a hell of an idea.